0: Welcome to show five of Green Cows Don't Fly. And I'm B, and I'm here in the Green Room Cafe with John. Hi, John.
1: Hi, B, and I'm here with B. Are you okay?
0: I'm good. I heard a quote on the way here, though, which I thought was quite um, right up my street. Right. And it was, it said, um, if you can't beat them, arrange to have them beaten.
1: Wise words.
0: Very wise wo- words. Very noir, isn't
1: it? It is very noir. This sort of thing happens in one of your books, I would have thought. You know, somebody. Knocks on a mysterious door. Somebody opens a door. I've got a job to do, uh, but I Oof. don't want to do it. Here's ten thousand dollars sorted out. Sorted.
0: Never to be seen again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end up on someone's hit list soon, I'm sure.
1: We probably will, actually. You know, perpetrators of drivel. There's bound to be. A, that's bound to be a crime against something, isn't it?
0: will get sent a fish as a warning. Don't, don't the Mafia send fishes to those on their hit list?
1: Yes, those, admit, or horses' heads sometimes, even.
0: Yeah, I um, I once babysitted a um, 23-year-old daughter of a Chinese Mafia, but uh, no, I won't tell you, actually. <laughs> no, um, you'll just crack under interrogation. Yeah, well, like no, I, d- I don't want to know. biscuit.
1: <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. It's better I don't know.
0: Talking of dry biscuits, what's the weirdest food you've ever been given?
1: Hmm, I Have to think about that. I've never had, uh, never had any camel's bollocks or anything like that. But you know, I'm beginning to think I wish I had.
0: <laughs> Actually, that uh, just fits quite nicely with um, what I was given. Uh, the camel's bollocks. I was given a cucumber, a cucumber? just like that. <laughs> I was out jogging. <laughs> I was out jogging through the village. And I ran past a house, and I heard this voice of a bloke from a front garden saying, Oi, you want a cucumber? Like you do. I was running by, you know. <laughs> well, of course you do. Like, yeah, yeah, go to the London Marathon and see how long, how often you can do that
1: to runners. Want a oh, cucumber? Yeah. I have a cucumber. Well, I would imagine that Sigmund Freud, if he was listening to this conversation, might be interested, because camel's bollocks and cucumber, there's some kind of symbolism going on there. <laughs> there <laughs> is, <laughs> isn't there? Sure, <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyway... Uh, yes.
0: Did you want to go and get more cake?
1: Well, I'll, I'll get us a piece of cake each. Cake? You know, we need, yeah, we need to stock up on a piece of cake. I take it you'll have a piece of chocolate cake, will
0: you? Oh, absolutely, because, like, you know, you are what you eat, which is yeah. why I don't eat fruit and nuts.
1: Well, that's one bar of chocolate less you can have, then.
0: Well, why um, put fruit and nuts in it while you can have perfectly good chocolate? Well, nice, but I do like fruit and nuts. It's quite nice. Yeah. Oh, I won one of those once because I lost a ski race. He <laughs> <laughs> was. Pricing. Yeah. We went to the mountains for a ski week and uh we had a race at the end of the week and I was um I was rubbish at skiing back then and uh, still I am, but and um, I was extra rubbish back then. So I, I lost. So I won the booby price, which was a um fruit and nut chocolate. Was that Which was fine fruit and by nuts? me because no, it was a Swiss version. Oh, a Swiss version. But the okay. whole thing was fine by me because the, the, the winner got something else, can't remember what it was, but it wasn't as good as the chocolate. <laughs> so yes. Um
1: it's like one of those prizes, you've, you've, in a raffle, you know, in the first prize you win, uh, you know, a ticket to some awful show, and the second prize is two tickets to some awful show. <laughs> some other
0: it's awful
1: a, show. It's, it's a lot of diminishing returns.
0: So yes, that um, that was my booby prize. Um, actually, which reminds me, you're a Brit, right, and a native English speaker? Mm, well, sort of. <laughs> 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 trying? Yeah, trying, yeah. Why is it called a booby prize? Is no, it because you're a bit of a... It when you lose?
1: I don't know. Do you know I, There could be that, but you, there's a there's a bird called a booby as well. I'll tell you what, mm. we, could, we could Google that, couldn't we? Yeah, let's have a Google. Right, and what have we got? What have we got? <clears throat> oh, interesting. The origin of the word boob stems from Spanish bobo, meaning silly, which in turn came from the Latin bulbus, meaning stammering. The word booby means to... Sorry, the, <laughs> the word booby means... <laughs> <laughs> it is to mean dunce. the word booby to mean dunce appeared in 1599, just like I am. Booby literally means booby prize, literally means idiot's prize. Not very what? nice, is it? There we go. A bit of a lecture for him. Did, you know, well, things you yeah. learn on this podcast. Yeah, well, see, can't come back for more origins of words soon. <laughs> but yeah, now, where were these protagonists of ours? They were up to no good last time, weren't they?
0: They were, they were in the loft. Um, off the pub and one of them was drunk well the hologram was drunk wasn't he Um, he they were waiting for the great arrival
1: of someone new Yeah, mysterious travellers from another dimension or world or something like that by the sound of things
0: yes arriving to the um, sound of manic street preachers no it wasn't the sound of manic street preachers wasn't it it was um,
1: the stage show (laughs) stage show yeah (laughs) using that as a portal
0: well let's hear then how
1: it continues so Brian if you Can you oblige us?
2: I've been listening to your drivel. Camel's bollocks just about sums this show up. And to think I once worked in Hollywood with some of the greats. Chapter Five: The Mysterious Mystical Dragon Map. Grand gapes into the corner where a figure has materialized from inside the blue pulsing light. The figure is female and scary.
0: Um, is he being a bit um sexist there? What? Being female and scary.
2: No,
1: we're, well, I'm not too sure. I hope not. It <laughs> <Let's, laughs> gets closed on. We'll have to write into our own show. We will, yeah, dear sir we listen listening to your show.
0: <laughs> I write to you and you write to me, complaining.
1: Yeah, yeah we complain to each other, and then
2: we get hold a tribunal.
0: Yeah, and then we can find ourselves not guilty.
2: Grandolph, although a seasoned killer himself and well-used to noir experiences, is immediately scared. Gives you an idea of just how scary she is. She has scary eyes. A scary nose, too. Her chin is kind of scary... As are her ears. But her scariest feature is her elaborately arranged, multicolored comb-over hairstyle.
0: Scary, is she? Uh, I'm glad he's um, telling us she's scary, because um, I wouldn't have noticed otherwise.
1: <laughs> no, it's sort of... I thought the same. I, I'm, I think she's scary. I'm not quite sure. At the moment scary, We need more description, scary. don't we?
0: Yeah, but that would be scary. Scary
1: description. Yeah, would be. <laughs> and a comb-over. Oh, God, a comb-over. Well, perhaps she's a devotee of the former ex-president of the U.S.
0: Oh, let's hope not. We have to write her out. You have to go and get the deletion pen. Deletion pen? Is there such a thing?
1: Well, I think you've just invented it. That's a good idea. The deletion pen.
0: The deletion pen and comb over the text.
1: Yeah, comb. <laughs> hey, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be a good idea because you see with this text, I've just been thinking this sort of this is the sort of thing could put us up for a Pulitzer. More bad writing. <laughs> yeah, well, good ra- well, good writing. We, we call it, uh, you know, the uh, old 70s architecture, concrete everywhere. They're called the brutalists, didn't they? Like the Barbican oh. and stuff like that. We well, could that's be obvious.
0: Brutalist bad, this one. Well, we could be obvious. Ob- <laughs> obvious.
1: Or beaded bitter- to deathists.
0: <laughs> Stating the bleeding obvious disks. exactly. Dis- well,
1: let's see anyway. where he's
2: going. Shall we, let's see where he's going. Yeah. That's a whole new level of scary right there. To top it all, she's clutching a scary expensive looking handbag. She reminds Grandolf of someone, but he can't think who. Well I can. A handbag! That aside, the sinister and scary female with a crazy comb-over and handbag is definitely something you don't have materialise out of the ether in your wine loft every day.
1: A wine loft? Sounds like the new must-have on a state agent's blurbs, doesn't it? Yeah, that'll sell a house, won't it? Well, it comes with its own wine loft. Yeah, I'd buy that, maybe. <laughs> and fantastic views of the Serengeti.
2: <laughs> Bob takes charge of the introductions and says, Grandolf Smith, meet law mistress, Faye Breeze. Faye Breeze, meet Grandolf Smith.
1: Do you think she smells nice? She's, well, yeah, lovely. You sort of... <laughs> Or you just sort of drape her over the city if you've spilled something on it. <laughs> she sits there for five minutes. Sorted. Yeah, lovely fresh aroma of alpine pine. Alpine, alpine pine. pine. Alpine. pine.
0: Alpine. That reminds me, I've got a friend who um, says he's looking forward to old age because he can um, wee on people's furniture and get away with it. <laughs> You know, you just can, thinking yeah. about Fabrice laying there smelling nice. So, yes. yeah, that's, so that's the issue. He could use her.
1: Well, yes, your, your friend could sit on the sofa, and then when he's done, she could sort of sit on it for five minutes. If she, can, <laughs> if she, if she can endure it, and <laughs> your sofa's so back to good again. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Fabrice extends her hand. Grandolph takes it in his, shakes it, and stammers, Where have you come from? I have come from many light years away. Comrade, she takes a comb from her handbag, then combs her comb over into a comb over a comb over shape. Oh, that's
0: another bit of good writing there, isn't it? Come yes, a comb over a shape,
1: <laughs> or over a comb over shape, or something. Well, it's a very I, yeah, you got a bit confused. I couldn't quite work out what he was saying, to be honest. But uh, there's lots it, of comb overs. The double comb over.
0: I think that was like quadruple, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> Just make your point, Brian,
1: why don't you? Yeah, just come over with it done there. But, you know, he's maybe trying to get his word count up, maybe.
0: Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah,
1: maybe he's than... been paid by maybe... the word. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and continues, we and by week I am meaning you and I, and one or two others, shall be going on a journey soon, and this is place we are starting from.
1: Well, this has got to be a first. We've got a AI robot. Talking in some kind of strange European language or, or accent.
0: It's a bit of a mixed accent as well, though, isn't it? Sort of half German and half, I don't know, something else, Eastern yeah. European, isn't
1: Yeah, Eastern European Germany's probably got a couple of... Uh, I would imagine the AIs sort of plumbed through libraries and found various different accents and melded them together and got a totally un- unbelievable one. Just be foreign. <laughs> yeah, it's beginning to sound like those old war films. For your support is over, that kind of thing. <laughs> Don't mention
2: the war. <laughs> I think we did. we better move on.
1: Got away with it.
2: She then combs her eyebrows. Grandolf frowns. A journey. What journey? He begins to shiver. Grandolf's all over the shop. Things have gone so crazy in the past half hour that he doesn't know his ass from his elbow anymore.
0: Are you quite okay there, John, though? <coughs> 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 oh, oh, wow. When you're ready, in your own time.
1: <laughs> what the listeners won't realise is Anir died during that last section.
0: <laughs> he did, I can vouch for that. Yeah, did he, he snored the tea up his nose. Well, actually, <laughs> in his throat and coughed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I'd just like to warn everybody, this is a hell. Don't try this at home, kids. Do not laugh and drink a big mouthful of tea simultaneously.
2: It could lead to serious
1: issues. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he's still scared of they Breeze. Faye raises a perfectly combed eyebrow. What do you mean, what journey? She then turns to Bob with a look of intense irritation in her eyes, and says, oh, for God's sake, kreef zero farwank! Have you not told him? She then puts the comb back into her handbag and mutters to herself. I knew it. I told the head pair that getting a hologram to do a decent job is sheer folly. The room falls silent and all three look at one another. Grandolf is scared and worried. Fay is clearly annoyed and Bob is pissed as a parrot.
1: Wouldn't like to cross her. She sounds like she's getting ratty already.
0: She sounds a bit of hard work, though, doesn't she?
1: She does, yeah. And all that hair. What's all that hair? And combing her eyebrows. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> they must be very bushy. They must be, yeah. Uh, monobrow, perhaps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What mean she has one eye, but I think she's got more than one eye.
1: Oh yeah, that's like the uh, cyclops.
0: But she doesn't even use it, um, Bob. You know, she keeps she uses his real name, the Kerfuffles London Bank.
1: Yeah, well, if, if she what could, I, we, we could say that. Yes, yeah. something. I don't know what it is. It's, it's tricky.
0: But she should just call him Bob as well. But now she's sounding very, very serious. And what is all this um, Bob being pissed as a parrot?
1: Well, he's still on that old blackcurrant wine, isn't he? He's drinking. He's he's been quaffing that down, obviously, when all this has been going on.
0: But he's probably all repeating everything twice since he's pissed as a parrot, seeing double, parrots and speaking, repeating. Oh, never mind. Okay, let's get on. Yeah,
2: let's get on. Something has to be done to calm the situation. Nervously, Grandolf launches into a rendition of the winner takes it all to please Bob, the fan, and to perk the atmosphere up a little. But he's too late. A tense tension is beginning to brew tensely and things are getting awkward. Everyone is glaring at everyone else. So Grandolph decides a bit of landlording might reduce the pressure, and asks, well, who's for a drink? Bob's eyes sparkle at the thought. Yes, good idea. I will have a triple gin and tonic. Fabry's rummages through her purse and fishes out a one-pound coin. Do you have cider here at Zee's pub? Cedar? That's a tree, isn't it?
1: What would she want a tree for? Cedar? Cedar. She, she must mean... Um, cider. Cider, yeah.
0: But she's not going to think she, that a pound will get her a cider, is she?
1: Well, she's probably... <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of planet is she from? No, not not
1: the pubs I go to, it won't.
0: <laughs> no fuel? Fuel. No alcohol duty on that, then, is there?
1: No, there's not, no. She'll probably get it duty-free. I don't know. Cheapskate. Well, it hasn't done her homework properly. You're in rip-off Britain, love.
2: Yes, it's rather good too. I brew it myself, as well as my blackcurrant wine, says Grandolph. Fabrice throws the pound at him. Very well, I shall have a small glass of your home brought cider, And I don't suppose you would have a corned beef and beetroot sandwich? I am starving, comrade. Grandolph does a double take at this request. What a cheeky mare.
1: Cheeky mare? Very East End, isn't it? It is a bit. Oh, blonde. blonde, blonde,
0: And she wants also um, beetroot and corned beef sandwich, all for a pound. Yeah,
1: well, and that's uh, that's a right old delicacy, that, isn't it? Cider, corned beef and beetroot. That does have a sort of a... Well, see, there is sort of Russian overtones to that, isn't there?
0: Yes. Or well, beef, I mean really.
1: Yeah, well it's not very ladylike.
0: No, it's not very healthy either.
1: No, it's, it's <laughs> No, it's well anything comes in a tin though, You know?
0: She might die of bad nutrition before the book is over.
1: She might she might uh, I've just got a feeling she might die anyway. It's good. You're involved in well she, no if you're if you're programming the AI, who knows who knows how long she's gonna last?
0: I know nothing. <laughs> I won't admit to anything.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. The pound wouldn't even buy her half a cider in normal circumstances, let alone a corned beef sani. She certainly won't be getting the customary chips on the side. Nevertheless, he's pleased that he can do something to break the ever more tense tension. I'll just get those for you from the bar downstairs. Back in a jiffy, he says. Bob and Fay Breeze watch him leave, and then resume staring each other out. Finally, Fay Breeze breaks the silence. "Okay, hologram, I have brought the map." She takes a sheet of folded parchment from her handbag. Bob asks, "Is it a good one?" "Of course it is a good one. It was drawn by the pair's personal cartographer, Chonkoidzo Haloran."
0: "Aha." What? The first continuity error.
1: Really? What's he done?
0: He called them the grand pair, but before it was the head pair.
1: Ah, well spotted. Computers, eh? Who said they're perfect?
0: Can't trust these AIs, can you?
1: No, definitely not. But I tell you what, something for the fantasy lovers now. A map?
0: A um, parchment map?
1: Yes, sounds very intriguing. Because your fantasy lovers love that, you know, love a map.
0: Yeah, we need a bit more noir though, and we need some more dead bodies. But yes, map is good.
1: Well, yeah, maybe there might be a cemetery or a graveyard or something on it.
0: Yeah, let's hear.
2: He has great skill in these things. Bob is not convinced. He asks, does it have lots of seas? Of course. Do you think I am coming here with a substandard quest map without seas? yes. But what about mountains hinting of great perils and ancient quests perished? Z map has many mountains. If these mountains could speak, z tales they would tell. Bob is still not convinced. Okay, but what about lands with mysterious names? Is Archeansia mysterious enough for you? Yes, not bad, not bad at all. Giz a look. Bob reaches out and grabs at the map, but Fabrice still holds it tightly in her hand. There is an ominous ripping sound as the ancient parchment is torn in two. This is followed quickly by a loud peal of thunder.
1: Uh-oh, that's never a good thing when a map gets torn.
0: Um why not? It's just like two halves now, isn't it?
1: Well, in fantasy, a map's a map, you know it's got it's got magic inside it. Got to be something, you know, really bad's going to happen now. That's what that Peel of Thunder was about.
0: I suppose the thunder is a bit of an ominous sign, isn't it?
1: It's one of those portends again, like a bartender. It's a portend (laughs) of something (laughs) terrible about (laughs) to happen. (laughs) Well, let's hear then.
2: I can sense it. At this precise moment, Grandolf appears through the loft's trapdoor. He's carrying a tray, and on it are a glass of blackcurrant wine a tumbler brimming with a triple gin and tonic, a small glass of cider and a plate of corned beef and beetroot sandwiches. No chips. Here we go, he says but that's as far as he gets. He sees Febreze and Bob facing one another, each holding a torn half of the map. Falling from both its ripped edges, are what appear to be microscopically small dragons. Many of them there are too. Perhaps as many as 25.
0: Um, just to be picky there, he says microscopically small dragons. Mm. How can he see a microscopically small dragon?
1: Well, he can't really, but he's, he's given himself a bit of poetic lessons there, hasn't he?
0: I suppose he has. And he's got quite precise with his perhaps as many as 25.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Could be 26, might be 24. It might be
0: 23, it might be 25 and a half.
1: Well, he's hit a gold seam here all of a sudden, the AI, because, you know, he's right on the money for fantasy. We've got a map, we've got dragons, poof! Stellar stuff.
2: They're falling downwards towards the floor to begin with, but then, seemingly attracted by the oil lamp on the table, they write themselves in mid-air and fly to the light and begin circling around its glass in a clockwise direction. Observing them closely, Grandolf can see tiny little jets of flame and plumes of smoke. Fabrice says, Oh, cheat. Well, now you have gone and done eight. Grandolf asks, Some kind of a problem, is there? Fabrice says, Yeez. You have unleashed them. Oh, cheat.
0: This episode
1: <laughs> is over. <laughs> See, Cliffhanger? Oh, I went French though.
0: Well, that means another week is done and dusted.
1: Episode 5 in the can.
0: And uh, we nearly lost John in the process.
1: Yes, it was touch and go, touch and go, but I'm okay. I'm a trooper. I'm a trooper, love. I made it through.
0: (laughs) The man coughing, that was. (laughs) And and I hope you noticed that I just sat there laughing.
1: Yes, well, you weren't much help, I have to say. You just sort of killing yourself laughing when I sort of (laughs) stood up, grabbed my throat, writhed around a bit, (laughs) fell over the desk. Not even a hint of a Heimlich (laughs) manoeuvre.
0: Well, you're still here now, so um, you can come back next, next week.
1: week. Yeah, and in the meantime, check us out on all our social media because you'll find us there. Green cars don't fly,
0: and send us your comments. Yes, indeed. Till next week. Goodbye. Bye.